Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. This is the State of California. Doug Sovereign is off today. California officials are pushing a new framework for urban water use that could force some suppliers to make cuts of 20% or more in just a few years. The proposed regulation is called Making Conservation a California Way of Life. And if adopted, some areas will feel the cuts more than other places in the state. State water suppliers would also have to create a new water use budget every year starting in the year 2025 under the proposed rule. For more, we are joined in the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Heather Cooley, Director of Research at the Pacific Institute, which is based in Oakland. Heather, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be with you today. Let's start off by defining urban water use. Does that include you and me, or is this, are we just talking about farms? Yeah, no. Uh, urban water use is really all of the uses. Uh, it's, it's for sort of communities of, of 3,000 people or more, um, and so it tends to be sort of the larger urbanized areas. It is separate from agricultural water use. What is the reasoning behind changing the way we define water use and, and how much of it is too much? Yeah, so, you know, the idea was, you know, back in and around 2007, uh, we set a goal of the state to reduce per urban per capita water use by 20% by the year 2020. Um, this was really sort of applied top down. So it took each urban water supplier's per capita use, cut 20%, and that was the goal. Um, and we're now past 2020. There started to be quite a bit of discussion around, well, what's next? We know we're facing a hotter, drier climate. We know that uh, droughts are becoming worse. So what do we do next? And so rather than just continue that sort of percent reduction cut, there was recognition that some parts of the states have done a lot more than others. And so they moved towards creating a customized water budget for each urban water supplier in, in the state. Um, it more reflects efficiency uh, and, and really seeks to drive towards towards that goal. Were we able to reach that 20% reduction by the year 2020? Did we hit that goal? And if so, how did we do that? We did hit that goal. We were very much helped out, though, by the, the drought that we experienced uh, from 2012 to 2015 and then, and then after. Um, that really drove down uh, urban water use. Uh, Governor Brown had set a, a fairly 
significant reduction because of the drought, and that really drove us down. So we did make that per capita water use uh, reduction. But when we now look around the state, we see there are some areas that are still using quite a bit uh, and, and other areas that have made significant cuts. And so it's really trying to create a more level playing field to drive efficiency in, in every community in California. The LA Times is reporting that those facing the harshest cuts are located in the Central Valley and the southeastern part of the state. Why is that? Yeah, well, those are the areas that are typically using more water per person and where we haven't seen as much investment in efficiency as we have in other areas. And so uh, because of that, those are those are the communities that are going to have to do more in, into the future. Tell us a little bit about regulation. Um, how would these uh, proposed regulations be enforced and how will they enforce to reach that goal of 20 percent back in 2020? Yeah, that's a great question. I think importantly, these sort of water budgets are for the water supplier. They are not individual targets that we will need to make for our for our homes or for our businesses. So it's applied for the larger community. Um, and so we will see different parts, different communities, um, you know, do, do more or less, depending, depending on how efficiently they're using water. Um, so, you know, we saw reductions. People have made lots of changes in their homes. Uh, they've changed out appliances and fixtures. They've changed out their landscapes. Um, businesses as well have, has, have made important improvements. And really what we're now doing is given that droughts are becoming more frequent and intense, what can we now do to prepare our communities for the next drought so that when the drought hits, we're, we don't have to make such drastic reductions um, in an emergency. We really prepared and, uh, and, and made improvements towards efficiency uh, for the long term. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about indoor water use versus outdoor water use. Outdoor water accounts for the lion's share of urban use, but getting some big savings out of that, people point out, cause, you know, you need to make big investments. Like, you know, swapping out your lawn is, is not an easy or inexpensive thing. You know, and it's putting in drought-tolerant landscaping, and, and, and those can be more onerous for folks. Yeah, so, you know, we have historically made a lot of improvements indoor. Uh, our research at the Pacific Institute finds we still have significant opportunities to replace old, inefficient appliances and fixtures in our homes and in our businesses. That being said, you're absolutely right. The greatest opportunities are outdoors, um, and that will take time. I think that's one of the important components of this. When we're in a drought and we need to cut back use, uh, we need to do it very quickly. And we do often look outdoors and we turn off irrigation, right? We let our landscapes die. What this is trying to do is to create longer timeline uh, to allow us to make these really important changes to our landscapes so that we can replace lawn and put in native plants uh, and other plants that are better suited to today's climate and to our future climate, um, that we can begin using compost and mulch, begin capturing runoff from our roof and directing those to our, to our gardens. Um, those things will take time, but we need to be moving in that direction to make our communities both more sustainable and more resilient in the face of climate change. You know, it's really a double-edged sword. Uh, my water bill has gone up over the past couple of years, and we've been conserving like crazy. And the reason why it went up is because people are conserving. It seems like you can't win for losing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I, would, I would point to the fact that what we find is that conservation and efficiency is the cheapest option that we have available to meet our, our water needs. 
that, in fact, if you hadn't conserved, we would have had to develop much more expensive sources of supply. So while water costs are going up, if we hadn't conserved, they would be going up much faster and much higher. Right. You know, you've been talking a lot about efficiency with these proposed regulations, but how in your mind do you think California is doing with increasing water storage in the state of California? Yeah, so California has a lot of storage. um, And in fact, what we see is that even when storage is filled, when we hit the drought, um, that that is drawn down. And so when we talk about efficiency, it's about using our existing resources effectively so that we don't waste water. Um, We have a lot of surface storage. There's a lot of effort now looking at better managing our groundwater, which is our underground storage. We have opportunities, certainly underground, um, but we can't rely on storage and supply alone. We have to look at our opportunities for demand management, for reducing demand through efficiency. That is the cheapest, the fastest, and the least environmentally damaging way to meet our water needs. Well, thank you so much for the conversation. Heather Cooley is Director of Research at the Pacific Institute, which is based in Oakland. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.